Hey everyone, this is a special bonus episode. We've actually taken a clip from my recent interview with Christine Tremolay where we go way deeper than we normally do around the topic of brand position. Most of the guests that I have on, I ask about their brand position in their market. But in this case, it turned into something like a 20 or 30 minute conversation around the topic, but it was really, really good. It was practical, actionable, and hopefully inspirational. Take a listen, let me know your thoughts, or if you have questions, and if you'd like me to do something else like this in the near future, just email me, Nathan, at photographersedit.com. All right, here you go. Enjoy this conversation about brand position with Christine Tremolay. The first question that I normally ask is about brand position. Um, your, your focus right now is not so much a photography business, but more business coaching and that is geared toward professional photographers. By the way, I love the, the way that you summed up photographers, story strategists, and confidence catalysts. So I kind of gave away your answer to the first question <laughs> here, but uh, this all ties together. And, and we do normally talk about the idea of brand position at the very outset of a podcast interview. And this is why our topic for today matters to me so much is because one of the things I've emphasized is a brand position it's so important for particularly photographers who are working in a local market to, to be able to clearly define how they're different than photographers in their local market. And so I, I would ask, I know that you're functioning more on a, a national or international scale, but how do you set your consulting uh, business apart from other consulting businesses in our industry? I think what has always made me different is the fact that I came into this industry from a really tech savvy, I was working at a web agency and I was helping Fortune 500 companies figure out how to use the internet. And we're talking back in 2000 to 2007. Okay. So I've, I've always worked from that angle. And when I came to launching my photography business, I took everything that I already knew and I already had an established local community through social media. Twitter was really the only thing we had yet at that point, but I had a really good network. So through the years, those things have continued to just play together. Like my focus is not teaching photographers how to take a better photograph. There's, you can learn how to do that in so many other places. That's not my skill set, but my skill set is what are some ways that we can really grab attention with exactly who you are and because I came to photography already blogging, I started blogging in 2000. My geek claim to fame, for those that have never heard this before, is I named WordPress because the founder of WordPress lived in Houston and I knew him. So I came up with a name for him. But since I'd already come into this with blogging as a background, I was automatically already sharing my story and using my own story to connect with people. And that's even 13 years later, I still see that being such a struggle for people because we don't know how to talk about ourselves. We're taught culturally that it's bad to brag about who, who you are. So it becomes this disconnect, like how you're not supposed to brag about yourself as a person, but how do you talk up your business? Yeah, well, and I want to kind of cut in here because um, it, technically, theoretically, the the question about brand position is supposed to have a fifteen second answer, and <laughs> so that the backstory is is interesting. But the, the 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 phrase that stands out to me because I'm actually on the homepage of your site, and for anybody listening, 
And if you go to christinetremolay.com, and we'll put this in the show notes as well, it's spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E and then T-R-E-M-O-U-L-E-T.com. I'm, I'm looking at that header that I mentioned earlier, photographer, story strategist, and confidence catalyst. Story strategist could really brilliantly sum up your brand position. And it's not that there are no other businesses that are at least attempting some version of that. But I haven't right. seen any other consultants, particularly in the photography industry, that specifically use that phrase. And I mentioned this before, when we talk about the significance of brand position, first of all, yes, it is to distinguish how you are different than somebody else in the market. And that could be because you're offering a different service, A, and or it's you're communicating the service that you're offering in a different way, ideally in a way that resonates with your target client. And I, I love the simplicity and yet the, the power of this idea of a story strategist. It reminds me of building a story brand by Donald Miller, the significance of a story. And it's interesting, you can talk about your story, but would you say too that that, and, and kind of playing on the idea of Donald's book, that when you tell your story, ultimately the goal then would be to, to your potential client or to your client to make them the hero of their story, to talk about how your business actually benefits them for the sake of their life. Exactly. And helping others see how they can take their story and put it out there and connect with their clients so that they can bring more clients in. Yeah, there is some significance to that. You know, actually, there's been a theme in this regard, probably for a, a, the last, if I've had to venture, maybe six, seven, eight years or so. Photographers are keen on telling their story. Um, but I think the differentiating factor, at least based on what I understood from Donald's book, was as, as much as our story matters and, and ultimately being personal and being vulnerable, um, to, to borrow all these kind of cliche words that we hear these days in our industry, it's good for the sake of a potential client ultimately connecting with us on a more personal level because they're like, oh, that person likes these things and I like those things too. Or this person lives this particular lifestyle and that's very much me. I can relate to that. And so then they naturally have even more interest in you personally. But at the very outset, if we're going to effectively communicate how our business is different from anybody else and why that potential client should use us, one of the things that Donald talks about is the focus on making the the client the hero versus making our business the hero. And it, it seems like, and, and I'd be curious to get your, your take on this. It seems like photographers have skewed in the direction of, you know, talking about their favorite food or favorite coffee or how they enjoy watching Netflix at night. But the reality is none of that really makes the client's life better. So how do you balance talking about yourself with the I, what I think should be the ultimate goal, which is to communicate effectively and simply how you add value to the client's life. For me personally, my initial focus when I'm working with people, even on the photography side of things, is helping them overcome that vulnerability block. That, you know, as I said, like we're told we're not supposed to brag about ourselves. So like, so many people are just locked down in that point Okay, that becomes really hard to even celebrate their clients to effectively communicate all the other things. And then we start to get wrapped into, I'm the premier photographer in my market. I'm the best. I'm, you know, but we don't go beyond that to communicate. Why are you the best and best on whose standard? I mean, just saying that I'm the best photographer, the next, your next door neighbor can launch a business and say the exact same thing. So you have to dif differentiate yourself 
Yeah. And at the end of the day, who cares if, if you're the best photographer, right? I mean, we all know these days you can take a, a beautiful picture with your phone. Um, right. You don't need a fancy set of gear. You don't need all this training. You don't need to wear, you know, a medal from all the contests, the photography contests that you've entered. Ultimately, people don't really care about that. They do want a personal connection, but then simultaneously, they want to know how, how you make their lives better. And, um, exactly. so brand position and, and we, I harp on this and I will continue to in one form or another, because it's just not discussed <laughs> enough in our industry. Brand position matters for the sake of ultimately communicating to our potential clients, how we're different and why that matters and the effort to help the client get what they want, which ultimately is tied to just how they feel, um, which is really exactly. interesting conversation and a loaded multi-episode conversation <laughs> in and of itself. But I, I think it's I think it's a struggle for people because the how I'm going to make your life better when I was photographing weddings full time, how I made somebody's life better was not that variable than the next wedding photographer. I'm going to be there. I'm going to photograph your wedding. You're going to leave with images. You will love these images for the rest of your life and your grandchildren will look at them. And, hmm. and even that experience. So it's almost like because the service that we offer has so many similarities from person to person. That's where I feel we have to flip back to what makes us unique. And yeah. what are those touch points that we can connect on almost as like a reinforcement layer? Yeah, that's, no, that's an interesting kind of argument to the idea. I guess my question though would be, do you, do you feel like photographers um, don't make enough of an effort to create a different brand, to come up with a variation on the service. I mean, there. You know, I, I shot weddings for ten plus years. When right. in the Chattanooga market, where, where I live and where I was working most of the time, it was it was a very traditional market when I started the business, and so there was there was not uh, there was a wonderful opportunity actually to to come out very distinctly as a and it's so funny looking back at the words that I used but ultimately the idea was we are a a contemp contemporary style or modern style journalist journalistic wedding photography now these days that's the norm and it right. wouldn't be a great brand position but back then it was truly different because the average wedding photographer in the area was shooting the old school traditional in many cases medium format color photographs and we we actually had the opportunity to offer something different so there's it, at that point it was a lot easier right now with such so many more photographers in the market and so many different styles you're right you make a great point actually which is it is harder to differentiate one service to the next but i also wonder if photographers aren't trying hard enough because you know i, could, I, I agree i don't think they are i think people come into this and they um almost like copy and paste i was to say they want a business in a box yeah. there or, or and it's so tempting to say so-and-so is successful. Therefore, if I do exactly what they're doing, right. I'll be successful too. Right. But the part of the equation that's missing and why it fails for, for a lot of people is because the part of the equation is, that's missing is the individual. Like you, I, if I had moved in the Chattanooga market and attempted to copy everything that you guys were doing back then, I still would have never been you. So the experience of talking to me, getting to know me, the, what it's like to work with me would have still been completely different than what it's like to work with you. 
Yeah, and I guess that works. It works more effectively anyway if most of your business is referral based, because then somebody can talk about their experience with you, the type of person you are, what the um, well, what it was like to actually work with you. Let's say on the wedding day, if you're a wedding photographer or at a portrait studio, whatever the case. But if if the photography business is not built as much on referrals, and that potential client, their initial impression is the website, or it is just simply a blurb when they did a Google search. How then does that relationship, um, or that not well? I guess the relationship ultimately plays into it, but the the the, the significance of personalization. How does that actually play a role at that point? Because they can't in five seconds know who you are. So what's going to draw them in first? To me, that's always been the amazing fact of blogging, and now blogging plus social media. Okay, because I was blogging all the time and blogging sometimes personal things. I still, when I started, I still had a personal blog. I I had a personal blog that I ran until about 2012. And then eventually Facebook killed it off just because I posted on Facebook instead of on my blog. But I would sit down to have a meeting with a client, a potential client. And um, as soon as I started talking, they would just say like, I feel like I already know you. I, I, you sound exactly like you write because I, I do, I write very similar to, to how I speak. Okay. And so they were like, Oh my goodness, I feel like I already know you. And I feel like this is where, because for a long time I've, I've taught a lot of things over the years on blogging and blogging more effectively. And I like, this is where we miss the mark. We, every blog post goes, this is my favorite session ever. I photographed it at this park. I just love and adore this family. Here's 20 photos. And then the next post is, this was my favorite wedding. I photographed it at these venues. These were the other vendors. Here's 50 photos. And I'm not giving people a chance to get to know me. And I mean, one of my theories is that a lot of photographers are introverts. So being able to like... They don't think to infuse in there, you know, this is, I love this aspect of the wedding, or this is a photo that I took, and this is why it means so much to me. Hmm. Because we can talk about why that image meant something to our client, but our next client that's looking at it, it might, that might not resonate with them at all. What they're wondering more is why did I take that frame? A lot of times I would talk about like, These are photos that mean something to me. I wrote a whole blog post for Father's Day one year on here's, it was like fathers seeing their children at the wedding day. And that's like the parents seeing the child is, I have goosebumps right now, even just saying it. That's one of my favorite parts of a wedding day. That look on the parent that just comes over, whether it's mom or dad, father, you know, or daughter or son, like there's always this look that comes over the parent. And so I wrote a whole post, not about a specific wedding, but rather telling people I look for this moment on a wedding day. And that's something that we can all do. Like I look for this when I take photos, because there's probably something that you're looking for. There's probably like an emotion that you're looking to draw out of people and that's what your next client wants to know. What is it that you're going to do for me? Yeah, and, and I guess the inroads, what you're suggesting is the inroads to that conversation is putting yourself out there in a way that resonates with a potential client. Right. And I have to say, I, I've never said this publicly because I know so many people 
love the story brand book. I actually bought the story brand course long before the book came out. Okay. And I, that was actually always my struggle point was, you know, a lot, you know, he might have an example of if you're a plumber, say this, that I'll do this and you know, I'll be the first one on the scene to fix your broken pipe. And, you know, this is what I'll do. And I'm like, it, I always felt like I'm a, at the time I was doing boudoir photography full time and just saying like, I'm a boudoir photographer and I'll do X for you was not different enough from the other person living down the street for me. Yeah. There's no question that it, it can take some time breaking down. I'm actually reading a book right now called positioning and it's an mm-hmm. older book. So it has some references that are <laughs> quite outdated, but the ideas, the principles behind it, um, I think still stand true largely anyway. And, and they're talking about how this is written by, I think it's two people and I'll pull up the name here in just a second, but, um, they're talking about how they were coming up for brand positions for these various companies. And, it, it seems as though it is a, or we shouldn't expect anything other than the, the, the reality, which is it's going to be a process. It's not like, you know, oh, snap yes. a finger and you come up with a distinct brand position. It may take a little bit of work. So just saying I'm a boudoir photographer certainly isn't <laughs> going to distinguish you or even saying, you know, I'm a boudoir photographer that likes to focus on relationships, which I mean, frankly, that that's a line that I've heard multiple times from photographers now, not specifically about boudoir, but just that they focus on relationships. And so many people are obviously already doing that. So that's not a differentiator. You're going to have to actually take some time. And this is why I like so much our what is ultimately our primary topic today, <laughs> which is marketing with Instagram to your local market. You have to take the time to actually look at your local market, the photographers in the local market, and then figure out how you can set yourself apart from them in a way that resonates with a potential client. So it, the, by the way, the book is by Jack Trout and Al Rise, and it's called Positioning. We'll link to it in the show notes. But oh, that's so funny. I was wondering if it was Jack Trout because I thought it sounded similar to other things. Yeah, well, and, and the, the subtitle is the battle for your, I think it's the battle for your mind, which is interesting because ultimately when somebody hears your brand name, what, what position in their mind does that occupy? Right. Um, and there's so many different examples that can be given with various companies that, that we're all familiar with. And here's my, my own example. Sure. When I switched from weddings to boudoir, I realized really quickly my thing was photographing moms that these women would come in and they'd have body confidence issues. And again, I mentioned like vulnerability is a big thing for me. So helping them overcome that feeling of vulnerability. And um, so I rebranded as hot mama boudoir and rather quickly people would write to me and they'd say, Oh, I'm not a mom, but I really love your style or I want to work with you. Can I work with you too? But it gave the moms this like, safe space. Fast forward a few years, there were other women. I mean, that's a much more common thing. Now there are lots of boudoir photographers that specialize in working with moms. I had a client tell me that I was, she said, the world needs more Avengers of sexiness. Thank you for being mine. Wow. And I cry. I'm like tearing up right now, just thinking about that email from Stacy. And please tell me you used that as your tagline moving forward. I did. I, I cried. And about 15 minutes later, I went and registered the domain name. And the Avenger of Sexiness became my tagline because that was much more like this is what I stand for, that I wanted to help people feel that about themselves. And right. And, and when I say, by the way, when I say tagline, taglines can be interchangeable with a brand position. 
Avenger of sexiness would still need a bit of an explanation. Some people might be, okay, that's cool. That sounds really great. What does that mean? When I heard you talking about photographing moms who didn't feel good about themselves, to me, in that case, there's this prime opportunity, especially if nobody else is using this messaging, to say, I am the photographer that helps you feel, uh, helps mothers feel confident in front of the camera. Boom, done. Okay. They they see that and on the, the top of your website the moment they get there and they know immediately how you add value to their life. They also know simultaneously what service you offer, but they know how you're going to help them feel good. And right. there's there's the opportunity. And like I said earlier, it may it may be that you're offering a similar service to somebody else in town, but if you're the first one with that message and now people start to know that Christine is the photographer that helps moms feel more confident in front of the camera, oh my goodness. I mean, think about, especially in our culture these days, it just seems rife with insecurity. You have that message out there. People are just going to come to you in droves. And, and they did. They did. That's it was- cool. And that's like the confidence catalyst line that's on my website right now Yeah, is the, the evolution of that, because that is still something that I bring when I work with somebody that it's not just let's talk straight business, but I want to, when I work with people, I want to help figure out what's going to make them be confident in the work that they're doing as well. Mm. Um, well, we just spent 20 minutes talking about brand <laughs> position and, and I am absolutely stoked about it because I, I feel like, first of all, you're a really great conversationalist. So the back and forth is really nice. And, and I think this has been really helpful for our listeners who you know hear me talk about brand position on an ongoing basis. It's, it tends to be kind of one-sided and I, I feel like I'm trying to find various ways to effectively communicate the idea to our listeners. I, I love this back and forth, and I think it's been good because it's had examples of what might work, what might not work. Been very, very practical. We could we could almost just like stop recording right now. They'd have <laughs> they'd have a valuable episode on itself. And you know, there's one other lesson that I want to highlight in there. Sure, businesses evolve. True. Like maybe you don't feel like you have a brand position right now, or maybe your brand position is that you're doing fine art, portrait photography, but you don't, you're starting to feel like the the crowd is growing in your market. Yep. You can keep evolving. Like you don't, you can keep evolving. hundred percent. I don't think anybody, that's not true. I know a lot of people that are still doing the same thing that they were doing 15 years ago when I first met them. So I shouldn't say people don't, but they've evolved personally, but maybe their brand, um, is perfect the way that it is. So they don't want to change it. For me, I needed that evolution. I needed that path. Like it keeps evolving and growing and changing. So no matter where you are, like if if you don't want to evolve, cool. You know, if you've got it, you're happy right where you're at. Great. And for me, I just kept saying, okay, how do I stand out? How do I get in front of the exact right person that I want to bring in? And so that evolution had to keep happening. Yeah, but I'm so glad you highlight that because it's so, so true. It's not, first of all, we talk, you hear a lot in our industry, and we've certainly talked about it here on the podcast, the significance of finding your why. The why is kind of that overarching value set that drives what you do. The cool thing is you can you can shift and and flow with whatever might be going in your life or in the market and or or, or both to still fit within that value set that your you right. know your your big picture goals for your life and and of course that trickles to your business. But I, I love the fact that you highlight yes, you can actually change that position. In fact, 
we're actually getting ready at Photographer's Edit to change our brand position going into 2020 because what we've seen, we've run on the brand position for the longest time, custom editing for professional photographers or for wedding and portrait photographers. But we've seen other companies kind of follow suit and use similar messaging. And that's, that's I mean, ultimately, if they want to do that, okay. But I want to make sure that as an editing company, because there are a number of them in the industry, that we have a very clear and distinct brand position. And I do want to actually focus more on it. You know, we're talking, when we say custom editing, that's the service. And we're talking about ourselves and the service that we offer. And it clearly defines what we do. But I want to talk more about how we bring value to photographers. So I'm going to be doing some work as we go into 2020 to kind of redo our brand position. Not necessarily that we're changing the service, but the messaging in a way that number one, distinguishes us. And number two, focuses on adding more value to the potential client. And um, so to your point, I mean, we've been in business for 11 years and we've changed our position. This will be really the third primary time that we've changed our position. You have to do that. You have to flex and flow, but it doesn't change, you know, my, how this relates to my value set in the end, which has to do with time and relationships. Our service saves photographers time for the sake of giving them um, the opportunity to focus on relationships in their life. And I can change my brand position and it doesn't take away from that end goal or that end mission. And my why it's so funny. It was, I feel like once you really find what your why is, like what it truly, truly is, you will see that you'll see examples in your life from your childhood. It just goes, it can go really deep once you see what it is. So my why, my superpower is helping women grow their confidence and rediscover their beauty. That And that's, I can look back at things I did when I was 15 years old Yeah, that are examples of that. So now fast forward to today, and I, I actually have just recently been processing, like, do I put that back on my website? Because that is so foundational to me. And I was like, oh, but I help them rediscover their beauty. Does that make sense in the context of business? I feel like it still does. Like, because I want to help you find what makes you beautiful and outstanding to the world, no matter what you do. Yeah. Well, and I think there's an opportunity in that case, if, if that was your brand position and you had that at the top of your website, there would be an opportunity right underneath that to share, you know, say four ways very practically how your service helps them feel that way. Because it is a little bit arbitrary in the sense that people, that, that's going to mean different things to different people. And then, like you said, they may ask, how does this relate to the business coaching that Christine offers? But then if that right underneath that, it very clearly shared on a practical level, here are the, say, three services or four services that I offer that enables you to feel that way. Oh, now it all comes together and it makes sense. But they, it right. captured them initially with that feeling, which I think is great. Which is why I've been thinking about bringing it back because yeah. one of the things that we're adding back into my website in 2020, I've been doing a lot of it in 2019. It's not on my website though, is that I've been doing a lot of brand photography specifically for speakers and coaches and then also for people local to me in the Houston market. So it definitely speaks to those. So it's this whole like, how do I explain my why and encapsulate it and that's actually an, a, such a good suggestion that you just made that I actually wrote it down. Like, here's my why. Here's the three services that I do that help you get there. Yeah. This is this is what I'm talking about. Um, because I found I'm still photographing women who tend to have body image insecurities. And that's that's still who I'm photographing. The only thing I've changed is what they're wearing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're more cl- 
clothed and we're often in public now when I do their session. <laughs> Again, I can't thank you enough for this great conversation. And honestly, I think we're going to, I'm not going to end our conversation, but we're probably going to release this as its own episode as well, because this has been one of the most, I think, valuable conversations certainly explanatory conversations around this idea of brand position that we've had to date. So thank you for that. And for everybody listening in, you're welcome. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I hope this is this is helpful to you. Do take some time. And if, if you're listening to this and you're still unsure about the idea of brand position, take some time to go back and listen through some of the points made. You can check out that book, Positioning, that I mentioned earlier. Though I will, again, add the, add the caveat. The references are, are kind of almost humorous <laughs> at this point because I think the book was written originally in maybe in the 80s. Um, so is it one of those books where you're like, that company's not even around anymore and things well, like yeah, that? Yeah, there's reference to you know radio ads and, and this kind of thing. But nonetheless, there are principles in there that I think will be helpful. So we'll link to that in the show notes as well so that everybody has access uh, to that. Make sure that you take a look at that. And uh, we have some other episodes around brand positioning um, that you can also find if you go to bocapodcast.com. And uh, maybe we'll link to a couple of those in the show notes as well. 